0: I wish all men would at least try to understand women like BJ does.
1: Peace, health, and Black Lives Matter, everybody. I have a phenomenal conversation in store for you listeners today on Teach Me How to Love You Better. Today's conversation is titled Sexy in the Eyes of God, which deals with the taboo topics of sex and body positivity in the church. Where is the church on these two subjects? Has the constructs and constructive criticisms been updated since you last worn what was considered to be a too short skirt? Probably not. But I was able to chop it up with a faith forward fashion influencer who has coined what she practices to be modernized ministry. My guest on this lesson is simply Sonia, a beautiful, fuller figured influencer who is very skillful and versed in fashion and in ministry. She has a dope YouTube channel where you are impacted by Transformation Tuesdays, which she uses for Christian encouragement and inspiration while dressing things up with try on hauls, tips, lookbooks, and style inspirations for our curvy queens who want to get cute and closer to god sonia and i dealt with difficult topics like body positivity for a black girl in church is the title christian enough for a man to be attracted to you and lastly is it a sin to feel sexy when you step inside the sanctuary there is a lot more threaded inside this dope conversation but you gotta press play in order to catch it so ladies support your sister fellas Sit back and shut the hell up, because what Sonya is bringing deserves our undivided attention. Welcome to Sexy in the Eyes of God featuring Simply Sonya on Teach Me How to Love You Better. What's going on everybody, it's BJ here with another lesson of Teach Me How to Love You Better, and I am super duper excited for today's conversation because it's not often that we have a woman of God actually show up and have an open dialogue and conversation about the church and love and relationship and all of those things. But I have somebody spectacular here to have a great discussion with and she is a modern ministry slash stylespiration icon slash uh, what else can we add to your name to kind of like gash <laughs> you up right quick? Uh, Plus
0: size influencer. All right, slash that chick. Period. All
1: right, all right. We got simply Sonia here on "Teach Me How to Love You Better." How are you this evening?
0: I'm doing good.
2: How are you?
1: Super, super good and excited. I um somehow found you at the perfect time because mm. this seems to be a time where not only are women looking for love but they're they are in dire need of some type of spiritual base and I think Mm -hmm. that the two can work hand in hand if we explain in detail how they impact you know the other so you just so happen to show up on social media I think one of your video clips had kind of fell into the feed on instagram and um i do mm-hmm. know that um the previous one of the previous guests uh maya from pretty and yeah. purpose is probably how i found you because you two are associated and have done some work together so um that's probably how i found you but i'm just so excited to have a great conversation with you today
2: Yay.
1: all right so um just take a few minutes to kind of explain who you are what you do and all of the things that you have going on so we can raise awareness to what you're doing, because in my eyes, you are a black business, and that's what we are supporting and empowering at this particular point that we're in. So just give right. some information about yourself for the listeners.
0: Yeah, so um, my name is Simply Sonia. I am a Christian and plus-size influencer. I do have a YouTube channel, a growing YouTube channel, and I pretty much promote God and plus-size fashion. Um, So I have a transformation Tuesday series that I do on my channel every single Tuesday where I talk about Christian encouragement. And that's just me taking my personal experiences and testimonies and teaching you guys based off of my mistakes. Pretty much is hands down what it is. Um, And then I also um, collaborate that with plus size fashion. So it's building you up spiritually and physically. So you can feel your best internally and exude that externally And I also am an educator off screen. So what I do for my nine to five is I educate people in the community about things like financial resources, health and nutrition, human development. So either way, whichever audience that I'm standing in front of, I am educating them about something that they need and also just putting my own specific flair on it being a Christian black woman out here in today's society. So that's just a little bit about me.
1: (laughs) Super, super, super dope man that's um that's powerful because um i think that's part of why i was drawn to you of course but um i think that that's going to be a addition to the conversation that i have here because for the most part teach me how to love you better was a situation for me where i was mm-hmm. speaking to a woman and she felt like i wasn't listening or hearing what she was saying and mm-hmm. um in this process of doing this particular segment I have the I have the opportunity to learn quite a bit about women in detail, but then I'm an overthinker. So I always give a mm-hmm. like a contrast to whatever perspective they have. But it's not often that we have somebody here who has a spiritual background and dynamic. So um, kind of explain, like, how did you begin this journey and what inspired you to brand yourself? As an ambassador for not only modern ministry but also fashion as well wow
0: well, so i um I had a YouTube channel for about a year before I actually started kind of like narrowing down what my brand was going to be, so I did vlogs for a year, and that was just to get me comfortable seeing myself on camera okay. um just comfortable being able to uh be able to like how i Sound on camera because that's something that a lot of people don't like—is their own voice,
1: (laughs) right? Right. And then
0: like how I look on camera, and um, and so that was just me going through my day to day. Now, what started Transformation Tuesday, and I actually just did a video about how I got like saved. Um, I've known God all my life, but this specific event helped me to really choose to walk with Him. Is I got kicked out the club, honey, during homecoming Mm. because I was way too drunk. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I was doing
0: too much. And, um. but, you know, I've had experiences with drinking before and getting into altercations, getting kicked out. But this specific time was different because instead of fighting with other people, I was fighting in my friendship group. And I remember specifically God asking me, like, who do you want to be? Like, who do you want to be known as? Do you want to be known as that drunk girl that's always turning up when you out and doing something? Or do you want to be known as something so much more greater and his way of humbling me it was forcing me to face myself Mm. and so i created a series called transformation tuesdays which started from me wanting to share my perspective about pastor michael todd's sermons at transformation church because i had just gotten into him and the relationship goal series and so it started as me kind of like using his sermons and, and talking about how it relates to me. But then the more comfortable I got, I was like, I'm going to start telling my story about my life and my experiences with men and my experiences with friends and self-esteem and all of that stuff. Because there's so many conversations that I wish that some of our, um, some of my elderly women would have had with me, right, some of my heirs, right, you know. right. that would have had with me that could have prevented a lot of encounters that I went through. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start talking about this. So if any girl or woman that's coming up after me can look at it and avoid some of the stuff that I've done, um, then that's definitely what I want to do. So I've dedicated that whole series to just being transparent about my life and whatever experiences that I'm going through and relating it to scripture and how You know, I really walk through these everyday situations like anybody else does, but I'm walking through it with God and not by myself.
1: All right. All right. So, um, my next question based on what you're saying is just to get like into your perspective behind what it is you do, because there's like Mm -hmm. dualities to both parts of yourself. Um, which Mm -hmm. one came first between The faith and the fashion because usually depending on your answer the other tends to affect the behaviors that you have in the space so which came first for you
0: i would definitely say the faith came first okay um because i grew up in a family of faith like we are that Black family from the South that, you know, everybody believes in God. We got pastors. We got our own family choir. People got churches and carry on and right, all that. Right, right, right. So, the faith came first. Um, the fashion was something that I always desired to have but couldn't afford. Mm, and so, okay. it was always something that I wanted, you know, something in school where I would admire other people but couldn't necessarily afford it for myself. Um, I feel like both though the faith and the fashion were always there, but um the faith came first as far as me really pouring into that more, if that makes sense
1: okay, so because the faith came first, did the church or spirituality affect the confidence that you may have had in fashion normals that you probably Definitely. saw beneficial? you saw it as beneficial, but it wasn't as accepting to the church as it is to the beauty culture like how was that how was that process
0: definitely so and i have to give you a little bit of a background about me too like i'm a plus size girl i'm the mm-hmm. only one out of my siblings who is shapely in this way like my mom is shapely but i wouldn't consider her plus size okay um i have an older sister who me and her look just alike but she's a stick you know
1: right and right, so right
0: certain things that I would want to wear my mom would have to explain to me like okay you don't you're not shaped like that so that's not going to lay right or look right on you and when it comes to church of course if anybody knows about church in the south and it's a fashion show, but it's a fashion show to a certain extent, you know, like you,
1: right, can't, right. you can't
0: come in there. Like the thigh splits that you see on my Instagram, I would never wear in church. Right. Oh, okay. So there's certain things that I had to learn about appropriate place and time. Um, Back then, growing up in church, specifically going to like uh, one of my closest friends church, who I consider my sister, we couldn't wear pants. We had to wear stockings and skirts. We couldn't wear earrings. We couldn't wow. wear certain jewelry. Um, so it was very strict. And then growing up and um, experiencing some other people's churches, you know, it was more of the, the black fashion, the hats, the matching things and the suits and things like that. Mm, the church okay. that I go to now is very casual. So I could walk in there with jeans and a t-shirt and it, it wouldn't matter. Okay. Um. So it definitely has made me more aware it definitely made me more aware of my body because my desire to wear certain things I had to understand as my mother would say that might not flatter you the way that it would flatter someone else with a slimmer figure um and so it was more so it was it was a little bit about the flattering of your body but it was also about the appropriateness of what they deemed was appropriate for church Mm. that church attire if you know what i mean right right, right. um so it, uh, yeah i've had some experiences
1: <laughs> i can <laughs> I've tell we had
0: some experiences
1: i can definitely yeah. tell so um we got that i we got a pretty good idea of where the fashion comes from now i want you to explain to me what does modern ministry mean because by traditional christian uh-huh. definition they tend to hear ministry with a sprinkle of sin on it (laughs) you know like it it doesn't feel like traditional straight and narrow you know old time religion so like what does modern ministry mean to you since you coined
0: it i had to to ask god that because when i first started transformation tuesday somebody told me this is a ministry and i was like no like i'm just i'm just talking like i'm not trying to preach Mm -hmm. you know And I told God, I was like, I don't want to be a preacher. I don't want to have a church. I'm not trying to be nobody's first lady. Like, I don't want to do that. But the more that I educated myself, I figured out that anything can be a ministry as long as you're discipling the people that you're responsible for. Oh,
2: wow. And so
0: we, you know, I think with the traditional church, you know, they have music ministry. They got women's ministry. They got all these types of ministries. And all it is is somebody, you know, a leader, being responsible over this specific group of people and discipling them in this specific area. And so the reason why I coined it modern ministry is because for one, it's online. Okay. So it's on YouTube. That's something that the church is really getting into now live streaming, putting their stuff on YouTube, but modern as far as now we can actually get to have a conversation about everything or anything that the church made you feel like you couldn't talk about.
2: Mm. Great. Great. You know,
0: and this is just life stuff. I think that people kind of fantasize God and religion and they take it out of everyday life. And I'm like, I don't get that. When I read my Bible, I get everyday life stuff. When I talk to God, I talk to him about my day, my everyday in and out. And I wanted to give women the opportunity to just talk about everyday life stuff. Like they would with their best friend, but talk about it from a godly perspective and what does God say about that? And I feel like that's modern because I've heard so many people talk about church hurt and church experiences and what they didn't get out of the church. And it was those core conversations that you needed to have about sex and sexuality and money and relationships and authority and all of that stuff that just kind of gets thrown to the wayside that really we need to talk about that stuff. And so that's why those are a couple of reasons why I coined it modern ministry, because I felt like, you know, what you're doing right now, the podcast is, is more modern. People are getting away from like the radio per se and doing things on podcasts, having YouTube channels, things like red table talk, you know what I mean? Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: Having those important conversations in more accessible ways for people who might not, you know, want to sit and have a conversation in a church, per se. They can just get on my YouTube channel and still get the Bible. But we're going to talk about life.
1: Right, right, right.
0: (laughs) So that's where I get that
2: from.
1: That is super dope. That is really, really dope but that's the great part of why you're here because for you guys that are listening this is called teach me how to love you better and it's a conversation segment created by a male to openly invite a woman to teach and educate me directly on what makes them feel appreciated supported and seen and it's not often that we have somebody spiritually based on the show to talk about the ideas of love and courtship as it pertains to the church so hopefully What Sonya and I will have is a great conversation that will encourage someone to get closer to God and their respective partners. So this is going to be extremely dope. So to get started on the show topic, I'm going to ask Sonya a question. And when I ask this question, I am going to be completely silent. Uh And I will not speak again until Sonya says, "Okay, BJ, you can speak now, right? Uh This is the best part of the show women love this part because we shut up we don't (laughs) say nothing we let you get it out however it comes out you don't have to worry about sounding politically correct because we want your honest truth when we get this Mm -hmm. question asked so um i asked her the question she finishes she tells me i can speak i can ask her follow-up questions about her statement if there be any and then we'll get into what is going to be the small topic so you ready for the question yes (laughs) All right. So the question is, in what way do you feel like a man can do better by a woman and not just for his own sake, but for the sake of the women he actually wants to love?
0: Oh, I think the first thing that comes to mind is protection um, for somebody who has been who's dated, who's been single for a while. The biggest thing that I feel like I lacked in my relationships was security and protection. And when I say that, it is security and the fact that, you know, you're, yes, you're in this relationship, you're committed to this relationship, you're loyal as far as fidelity goes, but also secure as far as me being able to express myself and be myself. Um, I found that in a lot of my relationships, a reoccurring factor was that I didn't feel safe enough to express myself, to question something that I didn't like or express my non-negotiables without being met with um, either just very coldness or an argument. And so one of the biggest things that when I am praying for um, my future relationship is to feel safe and secure with this man as far as he's protecting me, he's protecting my well-being, he's looking out for me, but he's also protecting my heart and he's taking a moment to hear me, to allow me to speak, to allow me to express how I feel and he is really digesting that and, and like you have been saying, listening to what I'm saying and then applying that to whatever it is that I'm asking him to do. Um I feel like a lot of times with women, we get the stereotype like, oh, y'all just want to talk and y'all highly emotional and blah, blah, blah. But most of the time, that is a buildup of continuously feeling like you haven't been heard or considered or prioritized, that my feelings haven't been prioritized, that this relationship hasn't been prioritized. And so I am definitely advocating for men who can just take a step back and just you know realize that our security in a relationship is the biggest thing that will get you the love that you feel like you need if i feel safe i'm gonna protect you and that's pretty much my biggest thing so bj you can talk now
1: (laughs) oh that was fire that was dope (laughs) okay so protection no I've been having this conversation actually a lot because that has mm-hmm. been the the major component of most women's requests in relationships now that we see what's going on in the world with um right. you know the mass killings of black people and the mm-hmm. disruption of black families because now the men are just as terrified as the women in terms of right. their own safety so um what does protection look like for a black family now that we we are beginning to experience outside forces coming against us as a whole um and yeah. i think that a black man has to now relearn what protection means because protection is mm-hmm. not necessarily going to the result of anger or frustration but learning how to be calm and practical and you know yeah those different dimensions of ourselves that we don't oftentimes use. So explain protection for the black couple who has to now fight the world together.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the the biggest thing for me is the relationship that is centered in God because when I leave the house every day, I'm depending on God to protect me at the end of the day. Um, Cause you just never know what's going to come your way. And he's given me strength to handle certain things that I know I didn't have in me. And he literally let me borrow his strength in specific times. And so it's definitely having a relationship that is rooted in Christ, where you guys are educating yourself on what God says, but then you also are educating yourself on what's going on in the world. I feel like right now, nobody can afford to be ignorant whatsoever. Like, um, you know, educating yourself on what's going on in the news, educating yourself on what's going on in politics, but also educating yourself on how to keep yourself safe. And I feel like because protection has been so wrapped up in like pride and arrogance and anger that we're losing the fact that protection has a really, really big component of humility, because if I'm humble enough and I'm cool over here in my lane, then I don't need to get angry and upset with somebody else and put my life on the line. If if the only thing that I'm thinking about is going home at night, then at some point you have to put that pride aside no matter how unfortunate and pissed off we get about what our reality is in America as Black people. If I'm only thinking about getting my tail home to my family, to where I feel safe, then you have to be able to humble yourself enough to do what you need to do to make sure that you make it to the house or even make it to the jail. Because now we're seeing that they're not even making it from where they're getting arrested at to the jail. <laughs>
2: right. Fact. So it's like, Fact.
0: you know, I understand coming from somebody who has had to work on her anger and how, and how I respond to certain things. Because I'm very big on respect. I've had to be humbled a lot with how I respond to certain things. And I struggle with the turn, the blind eye command that God gives us. But when it's between me being able to continue to walk out this life and complete the task that God has for me and spend one more day with my family, unfortunately, and I'm hoping that we can, we're working towards changing that right now. We have to be able to humble, humble ourselves and, do what you have learned to do to make sure that you breathe another day. And that's, um, it breaks my heart to say that, but that's our reality. That's what I would teach my son. That's what we're teaching our kids at this point. Um, but I think the biggest thing too, as a couple together is, you know, we, we both have an equal responsibility to protect each other. We've seen how hard black women go for black men. Now we need for black men to keep that same energy. Because I just told somebody this the other day, I was like, we're not even talking about how many women are getting raped by police officers or molested by police officers. When I think about danger of me getting pulled over, I'm not necessarily thinking about getting killed. I'm thinking about, well, what if a police officer wants to sexually assault me because I'm black and he's white and he feels like he has that power over me? um and so it's just it's all these different dynamics to where we as black men and women have to listen to each other's fears and understand that we equally have responsibilities to protect each other and educate ourselves on how to be safe um so that's just my take on it
1: oh man you bodied that i don't even got no more questions (laughs) (laughs) I had like questions like lining up as you were talking, but as I kept listening, you answered it. So I'm like, all right, skip that one, skip that one. <laughs> so that's super dope. So um, we can just get right into what is called the small topic, right? Now, okay. the small topic title is going to be called Sexy Before the Eyes of God, right? And it's a reason, <clears throat> it's a reason, of course. There are so many ways that we hold women to a very high accountability standard and just society alone. But we also never speak about the standards of our women as it pertains to the church and how we forbid them to accentuate themselves because of temptation. Um, but yet and still, it almost doesn't make them. And I know this is sexist, but this is the perspective of the man at this point. Um. sometimes because you can't accentuate your curves or your figure or your figurative sexiness a lot of times it doesn't make you as enticing to a man Mm
2: -hmm. in those spaces Mm -hmm.
1: because what's best or what is kept away from him has yet to be seen so Mm. in a sense it's like It's like the concept of people who are in the world when they say like, I have to sleep with you before I get into a Mm -hmm. committed relationship because I don't want to partner with, you know, trash sex or whatever. So it's almost like in theory, when a man in church looks at a woman in church, it's hard for him to see the wife or the, the ideal partner because he's still trying to see who you are underneath your spirituality. So this is what I want to kind of get into and talk about. As a woman that believes and, you know, stands on her spirituality, like how do we become okay with becoming or or being looked at as sexy before the eyes of God? So what did you think about when you heard the title or topic title?
0: I was actually excited because... <laughs> This is something that I'm slowly but surely trying to ease into my platform. I know this is something that will come up and I'm trying to ease people into the idea that, you know, Christian being a Christian woman doesn't mean that you have to have a dress down to your ankle if you don't want to.
2: Okay. Um, okay. But it
0: also doesn't mean that you have to be taking, you know, uh, sink pictures in your underwear it just really depends on what you're comfortable with. And I think that what I promote the most is you having your personal relationship with God and allowing him to tell you what's appropriate and inappropriate, because let's be clear. That's the only one that can really tell me (laughs) in my
1: opinion, if I'm going
0: too far or if I'm, if I'm, you know, if I'm right where I want to be. And I think that, You know, we negate the fact that a lot of people who are in fashion are Christian and they have these ideas to make these unique pieces that, you know, might be a little bit more sexy to somebody else um, than other people. And God is a very creative, creative, innovative God.
2: And mm, okay. Adam and
0: Eve were booty butt naked when they were made. So I'm like, okay.
2: Right. <laughs> but that doesn't
0: mean that I want to walk around naked. But I feel like for me, um, one of the things that I want people to understand is as a curvy woman, everything on us situates our curves. Because that's just how our body is made. I can put on some leggings and a t-shirt and you're going to see that I got hips and thighs. Right, right. I'm not trying to be sexy. I'm trying to go to the grocery store. But a man might see that and be like, dang, she looked really good in them yoga pants. Mm-hmm. And I do, you know, and that's okay. And so I feel like a lot of times people might bash us for something that I can't help. I can't help the fact that I have a larger bust. So when I put on a a V neck V-neck T-shirt, you might see cleavage. <laughs> I'm not trying to intentionally show my cleavage, but it's there. It's not going anywhere. And so I think for a lot of us women who are trying to figure out what's the level that we can be sexy and still be Christian, um, show me the Bible verse. That's what I say. Mm. Show Mm. me the verse. Because I want to go off facts. I don't want to go off your opinion. I want to go off facts. And I feel like for somebody who struggled with insecurity, who struggled with, you know, trying to love herself, because you don't know what I've struggled with inside my mind, looking at myself. And so, you know, it's, it's just that whole concept of push their opinion on other people and what they want to box people into. And I'm like, that's fine. You know, everybody's, you know, welcome to their own opinion. But I like to have opinions that follow behind facts and verses. So show me the verse
1: and then we can talk. Oh, <laughs> That's that. just where I met with it. I hear that. You actually um answer one of the follow up questions again because I wanted to ask you um about the body positivity of the church. Like does it ever feel like you're hiding what you can't help having? You know, for that woman who mm-hmm. does have a big butt, who does have big breasts and hips, because naturally you're going to fill out whatever it is that you're wearing, covered or not. So is the church, in your opinion, beginning to understand the concept of figure and not equate it to fornication or sin?
0: I honestly don't know, because I feel like those are one of those areas that don't get talked about. I feel like it's another one of those conversations that we just don't talk about. People just kind of you just kind of inherently know like, oh, this is inappropriate for church. But why do you think that way?
2: Because your butt looks
0: big in it. Well, what's the difference between you wearing it to church and wearing it to work or wearing it to the store, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just, I honestly don't know if it is getting quote unquote better, but I do know it's a thing. It's something that even still with the confidence that I have, I think about when I go to church. I'm like, oh, I'm tall. I'm curvy. Like this skirt kind of rides up when I walk. I don't want to look like I'm out here trying to expose myself. So let me wear something else. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like, you know, you, you kind of know what's appropriate for what place, you know?
1: Right, um, right. I feel like there
0: is, like, a, a common sense to say, okay, now that's a club outfit. That's not for, you know, convocation, okay? But um, I do feel like I'm, I'm pretty sure that there are several women, especially Black women, women of color, who um, are very self-conscious about it when they go to church because especially if they have a male pastor and let me tell you why because male pastors whenever they're preaching if you haven't noticed when they talk about relationships they always talk about it from a perspective of a woman and that baffles me and I think it's because a lot of times when you, when you think about black churches especially it's more women than there is
2: men
1: Always. Um.
0: and yeah. so they counsel a lot more women than they do men and so they use that as examples but they always say like you know, if you want a husband, da 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 don't wait for no man. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not even on that. And so I, I do feel like when you are in certain churches who um you have a majority of women and might have a few a uh, handful of men, they're they are a lot more aware of what they look like. Either because they feel insecure or they are trying to attract. Um so I don't really know if it's if it's being talked about really honestly
1: yeah I I believe it's it's probably not and the reason why Mm -hmm. I say this is because um just being transparent in the conversation one of my very first sexual experiences actually happened in church um and it wasn't Mm -hmm. a physical I don't want people to think that like it wasn't like me physically having (laughs) Sex in church because that was totally not the reference. But, um, the experience was I was in a church play, and I told this story on one Uh of my podcast episodes a while back. But, um, I was in a church play, and the way that the church at the time was set up, it was a Baptist church and it was a two level church. And ultimately, on the main floor of the sanctuary was the women's bathroom, and attached to it was a lounge for women to you know Uh sit in whatever they do you know vanity the whole nine so this particular event was like an after church play so they used the lounge as the dressing room for the women who were casted in the play and in the basement Uh of the um, church there was like this really big a Sunday school room that was typically for the children and that's where the men were doing their wardrobe changes. Now somehow I missed the transition of the women being in the lounge causing too much traffic for the people who were actually trying to see the play from using the bathroom. So what they uh-huh. decided to do was they moved the women down to the room that the men were initially in and moved us into the bathroom that was like right next to that room and somehow i didn't get the memo so i go Uh back down i go back downstairs after my scene or what have you and me and my homeboy um went down and the the door that we go back into was closest to the stairway that takes you back to the stage so literally as you go in the basement the very first door you see is the door of the room that we were doing our changes in and it's locked Mm -hmm. so in my mind because there's other boys in the play i'm thinking the other boys locked us out and you know playing young boy games but there's another door on the opposite end for you to walk around and get in from the other side of the room so i decide i'm gonna go around and see if the other door is open come to that door it's locked but The difference in the doors is the door that I walked around to had a broken peephole on (laughs) the door, right? I had me a little crush in church, this little girl. I ain't going to say her name on the episode. I don't know if she listened or not. (laughs) But I had a little crush on this girl. And this is also what makes the point of how we introduce the show, talking about not being completely seen as a woman of God because you have to keep yourself covered. I didn't know how Mm -hmm. to completely like her because I didn't see enough. Because, of course, a ruffled dress is not showing anything. And even as a young boy, I knew that those type of things were important to me as a young boy. Mm -hmm. So I didn't fully see her for everything else that she had to offer. So I go to the door. The peephole is broken. And this door is locked. I'm still in the mind frame of thinking the homeboys is in here. I'm not thinking. It's going to be some women in here. And so, of course, I look through the peephole and all I see is women naked. And of course, my crush is in there naked. So I stood there for a minute and looked like (laughs) took a gander. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, oh, my God. And I thought this I thought this was God making me a fortunate young man in this moment. I'm like, damn, he set this up perfect you know
0: thank you lord
1: right and so my homeboy noticed that i'm no longer talking we not interacting and i'm just stuck staring in the peephole and he like what you looking at so he bumped me out the way and now he's seeing what i'm seeing and Uh. he was the one that was vocal about what he saw i was the one that was like like starstruck in a sense or just like amazed but he was the one that reacted and out of nowhere he was like damn and somebody on the inside heard him and so we took off running now that was my very first experience with feeling things inside of me and
2: Uh
1: already knowing that you know lust and temptation was very much a part of my life at that point and it made right. me kind of like the girl a little bit more. And I think because because I didn't have anybody to talk to about that in that moment, because I mean, of course, we're like into preteen age and those yeah. things are definitely paramount for that age group. There was nobody to talk to about those type of things. And even indirectly, there were no sermons coming out of the pulpit. That was addressing anything like that. So now Uh I'm just a turned up teenager, just chasing girls for whatever it is I can get from them. And that seed was planted actually at church. It wasn't in the world. It wasn't. It wasn't like the typical stories you hear. It actually happened in the place of worship. So I think that now we have to open ourselves up to the ideas of talking about these things more for people who have a way worse or way more detrimental experience sexually right. coming from the church. Yeah. So what do you think the church is with that?
0: Oh, I think the biggest misconception that we, we have when it comes to that is the idea that a church is a building. A church is not a building. The church is the people. So, I can take those same people that you go to church with and be driving on a bus with them out of town to a church field trip and still have a sexual experience on the bus
2: mm. so
0: it's not It's not the building, and I think that we um you know like you were saying, like I had my first sexual experience in a church, but you had to clarify that the church is just the building it it really doesn't matter, and I feel like that's what I was talking about before with why I'm coining this modern ministry because it's the experiences that you have with the people it doesn't matter where it's at because I could you know I grew up in a family church I could have sexual experiences in my family and they'd be the most Christian godly going people mm,
2: right. and it's still
0: conversations that are just not had so I feel like Yes, they need to be had, especially in the church, because the church is coined to be this place where you are supposed to learn about life, right?
1: Right, right. But
0: it's not for some reason being had, because it's that sanctity that we hold this building to a higher level. And they're negating the fact that it's the temple of your body that you're supposed to hold to the higher level, not the building. Right. Anything can happen to the building, but you're still going to be the church right right um and so i think that when you start to change people's mindset and this is why i said (laughs) people don't read their bible the way they try to act like they do because this is all stuff that you it's plainly written in it um when you start to change people's mindset and start to to help people teach god for practicality every single day life and not playing church at a building on Sunday. That's when you can really have deeper level conversations because I don't know one person who hasn't dealt with lust in the church. No. I don't know one person who hasn't sat in church and liked somebody or was attracted to somebody or was distracted from the word because they were too busy fantasizing about something. Right.
2: Right. Right.
0: <laughs> so when you don't utilize the captive audience that you have to talk about stuff like this, you leave people in the same exact situation that you were in, not knowing how to discuss it, feeling condemned because there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Right. Mm
2: -hmm. So
0: feeling like I can't talk about this, this is forbidden, something forbidden, but you're still trying to figure out why it's happening because it feels something so natural. We're human.
2: Right. We have urges.
1: Right. Right.
0: And we're going to have it in a church. We're going to have it at work. We're going to have it in prayer. Sometimes we get distracted. You know, you just never know. <laughs> right,
1: right, right. And right. so
0: it's, you you have to create the space to have these conversations. And I feel like that's one disservice that not all, but a lot of churches do, especially to the young community, because that's when it's so much more prevalent. The idea of saying don't have it, it's a sin, is not enough.
2: Right. It's just
0: not enough. And so I feel like, you know, it's an unfortunate situation. I don't really know if it will ever get better for every church across the world, but that's what I try to do on my channel. If you can't talk about it in church, come here and we'll talk about it. And it'll be the same God that was sitting with you in church. You can bring him on over here and we'll talk about it.
1: <laughs> that is dope. That is super dope. So now we're going to get into sex in a more individual aspect where we talk directly to you, the woman. How do you as a woman feel about the word sexy being in reference to you?
0: I think for me, and this is something I had to learn over time, I had to learn how to feel sexy without male input. Because the biggest thing that I struggled with when it came to my self-esteem is I didn't feel confident because I thought other people didn't see me as confident or see me as cute or sexy when I got older. And so I spent a lot of time doing things to try to convince other people when I was really trying to convince myself. And so now that I'm older, I'm 30, and I'm learning who I am beginning in my thirties, I'll be 31 in September. It's so much more important for me to feel confident and secure and sexy in myself without the input of anybody else, because for one, I'm online. So you're going to get opinions from everybody and you have to be secure enough in yourself to say, no matter what somebody's opinion is, I know this about myself. But then for two, because I know that men are such visual, they see you before they hear you most of the time. Um, you know, I'm not going to be sexy to every man. A man that I might find sexy might not find me sexy at all. But does that not make me sexy? No. And so it's me learning that, you know, it's my responsibility to feel confident and sexy. And sexy might not even be anything um, clothing wise or anything to a woman. Sometimes I've heard women say I felt so sexy when I took um, took over that meeting and bossed up. or done Like, it's so many different aspects. It really depends per person. Um, But just having that level of confidence in yourself to say that regardless of what anybody else thinks, I know this for a fact for myself. And there's nobody who's going to be able to change my mind about that.
1: Bro, wow. So that's why I'm at with it. All right, all right. So would you consider the word sexy to be the church's bad word or level of profanity in a sense?
0: I, uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I do feel like
0: there are certain words that make you know people clench their pearls when it comes to the church. Um, but I have—I'll say this—I have seen and heard more churches saying things like "sexy," talking about you know male and female interaction in marriages and things like that. So I think that's something that's getting a little better. Um, I feel like that is one of those terms that's used in like quiet talk, like hush, hush talk around the church or something like that. Um, so I think, it yeah, I feel like in the past it's definitely been something like I'm not trying to, you know, go to church and see nobody sexy. But I mean, like we just said, they're sexy people in church. I just feel like people don't want to necessarily utilize that term. I kind of don't understand what the. The separation that people want to have with Christianity and God and sex. As in, you know, like he didn't create sex.
2: Yeah. I think
0: that people think that like sex just happened. <laughs>
2: like <laughs> when God
0: created sex. And I just don't understand what the disconnect is. I don't know if that's something that has been just, you know, a historical thing or. I don't really know, but it's kind of weird to me. And I'm like, y'all do know that, like, God created sex. Like, it's it's okay.
1: <laughs> but I think that's been... So, the, yeah,
0: I do think it is. Yeah,
1: I think that has a lot to do with the church trying to disconnect everybody from their um, internal emotions, hormones, and uh-huh. those type of places that you go to that you oftentimes wander to when your focus should be on spirituality in yeah. that moment. So I think what happens and what i've experienced as of late in terms of the church is you've become so disconnected from who you truly are whether that is the mm-hmm. more um physically engaging or the person who does have the lust issue you've been you've been told so mm-hmm. long that what you feel as a human being is wrong so you right. shut that part of yourself off and then you totally indulge in the spirituality or the the word to kind of distract you from who you truly are as a person. And you probably met mm-hmm. a mate by this time where right. now they're mm-hmm. encouraging the word and they're, you know, constantly referencing prayer and power and worship and all of those different things. And you've gone so long losing yourself that now you're practically mm-hmm. married and now you're not even physically attracted to the person that you've accepted as your partner or life partner, because you never connected to your own body. You never connected to the things that your body and your feelings and your emotions are telling you when you go back to your distraction. So it's kind of hard for people, even in church from my experiences to stay married because we've never talked about sex in a healthy and conducive way. It is very much a part of a relationship. So, like, that's why Ags is like sex or sexy. The church is bad word because the church is hurting more from divorce than the world is, to be honest.
0: And here's the thing. So I have a lot. When I did my... um, So I've been celibate for almost two years. And when I did these couple of videos on YouTube, I had a lot of girls reaching out to me. A lot of them. I was surprised talking about similar struggles or the fact that they were a virgin, they're struggling. One of the things that um, I have to realize even for myself is I went out and experienced men sexually and dating and things like that. And so over the time, over years, I had time to learn what I like and what I don't like. But if you're looking at somebody who's directly in a church and being told sex is a sin there's you know abstinence there's no negotiable you might be dealing with people who haven't gone out and had certain experiences and so they don't know Mm -hmm. and the biggest thing that I have to realize is I can't talk to a version about celibacy and abstinence and God the same way I talk to somebody who's had sex but is now choosing to be celibate because of God Because for a virgin, they want everything that they can't have, right?
1: (laughs) But Mm. they're trying their best to
0: follow these principles that they've been taught. But the issue is they're not being taught the silver lining because being a virgin and waiting to them is starting to feel more like a chore than it is feeling like the prize at the end of the rainbow. Because they're not being able to have conversations about, okay, when you do get into marriage, then you would want to talk to your husband about things that you like. And now it's appropriate for you to experiment. Now it's appropriate for you to try things. Because in the scripture, it says, once you get married, you do what you want. Just don't defile your bed in these certain ways. But you be fruitful and multiply. Have fun. And so I think that's the the piece of the conversation that's being taken out. They're being cheated from that because it's not me saying, you know, be a virgin, don't don't have sex, and one day you're going to get married and it's just going to all fall in together. No, figuring out yourself sexually is an experience. It's something that you continuously have to do trial and error. And you have the ability to do that with your equally yoked relationship. And that part should be fun. (laughs) It shouldn't be. It should no longer be a chore. It should be fun. It should be y'all having conversations. But then on the flip side, are we teaching them how to have conversations like that?
2: Right, right. Because
0: one of the things that I've learned, even talking to Christian sex educators, is they're not even talking about it. Like they're not even having a conversation about what I like and what I don't like and what I want to try and what I don't want to try. And a lot of it boils down to, Oh, I think that's a sin. I don't know if God would like us doing it. And again, where is the scripture? <laughs> where yeah,
2: is it? yeah. Because girl. I don't,
0: I don't understand how you got into a point where you believe that God wouldn't want you to have a fantastic sexual experience with your, your spouse. Um. And I forgot your question initially,
1: but <laughs> you answered <laughs> I don't want to it. You answered it. it. <laughs> okay. So, like, <laughs> in a situation where you have had the sexual experience before the mm-hmm. spiritual awakening, um, what mm-hmm. happens spiritually to a relationship when you marry a person who isn't physically or sexually pleasing to you? Because, I mean, w- like, based on what you're saying, it's not an essential part of spiritual practice to prepare for a sexual worst case scenario in a relationship. We don't have the dynamics to have those conversations. So what happens to a relationship spiritually when the sex is trash?
0: Who shall? I don't know. You know what? I feel like, (laughs) I feel like I might have a little uh, fantasy hope for that. Like I'm hoping that once, you know, I've been, obedient jesus like hook your girl up for real (laughs) um but (laughs) i feel like that's one of those things that let me say this every sexual experience that i had the first time didn't go as planned for whatever reason okay Mm. and so we had to have conversation you had to talk about it and you had to figure things out and that's a part of learning yourself, learning what pleases you and learning, you know, what pleases your man and vice versa. Um, I honestly feel like and want to believe <laughs> that, you know, with the way scripture says that we should operate in our relationships and abstain and be celibate into marriage, that that core foundation that you build with somebody spiritually will hopefully you know have you guys come together sexually in a way that is pleasing because let's be clear um like I said I do believe that God wants you to have a good experience but I do feel like it's up to us to converse about that and it you have permission to do what you want to do in your bedroom as long as both parties agree and I feel like sometimes with the culture that we live in today and what's put out today it's like sex is supposed to be good hands down no matter what i'm gonna put it down it's gonna be what it is and that's it and that's not always it you know i've been in very you know serious relationships where i love this man i thought he was gonna be the one but i had to teach him what i liked and he had to teach me what he liked and so it's you have to take the fantasy out of it sometimes. I mean, we all want that fairy tale, like, okay, we got married, now it's the honeymoon, and we're in the hotel room, we're going to bust it down finally. But in case that doesn't happen, then what are you going to do? Are you just going to end the marriage? Right, right. You have to have conversation. And you can't be afraid to bring in an educator that might can help you, too. Because like I said, I know Christian sex educators, that have taught me some stuff. And I'm like, Jesus, that is amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, if you, if you, you can't be afraid to try, like you have to try, like marriages work and you have to try to figure it out. And so I would hope that, cause I know that's a big, big thing. Like, I don't want to marry anybody that I haven't slept with. Cause I don't, I don't know. I don't trust it. Um, but that's the risk you're taking anyway. Like every sexual experience ain't going to be mind blowing and amazing it's a risk um but i feel like if you love that person enough and you're spiritually connected to that person enough y'all can figure it out because one thing we haven't talked about is and i know that was one of your questions but a person's spirituality can be a turn-on
2: yes, there's certain things yes.
0: that you know i've seen in a christian man where i'm like dang like he's fine and he believes in god and that just made him even more fine like you know
2: <laughs> and so
0: it's if you get on a spiritual level with a, a person that really like taps you into somewhere, like that, that might put you in the mood, bro. You just don't know.
1: So basically we done covered everything. I wanna go back to the men for a second because we don't really um invite men into spiritual conversations as much as we do women because they tend to outnumber us all the time in the church. So let's just uh-huh. say this is a Christian man who is interested in you and probably have seen you a couple of times in the church but may just have ran across you on the gram and went to your youtube page mm-hmm. and see like dang she don't wear none of this stuff at the church and might think <laughs> and might think that you know you sexy so can a christian man approach you and call you sexy and it be a compliment
0: yes he better look i want to to look like this you better appreciate what you see yes it definitely
1: Oh man! That That is dope. That is dope.
2: Absolutely,
1: man. Okay, so what does? And I know this might be a loaded question, but what does a man of God look like today in modern ministry?
2: Oh Lord, um, definitely
0: somebody who is confident in his relationship with God. Um, I'll put it like this. If I'm looking at somebody in the church and some things that would pique my eye about a man in ministry is somebody who's confident in his relationship with God and not saying that he's perfect, but confident that him and God has a very good relationship. Um, Somebody who is not afraid to grow. And I'm talking about doing very uncomfortable cry baby, tough love type growth. Because to me that shows strength more than anything. If you can sit and face yourself and change and do what you need to do to to be the best man that you can be in the sight of God. Um, Somebody who is put together nicely, let's be clear, women want y'all to look nice too in church, okay? Right,
1: right.
2: <laughs> we right.
0: don't want to be the one putting in the only effort. Like I want you to stand up there I want to be able to call you sexy when I look up there too. Um, So somebody that definitely holds themselves together and just kind of, you know, I'm a little different. I like a man that's like a a silent storm, silent, but powerful. Like I don't, I'm not really necessarily attracted to somebody that's in a whole bunch of stuff and have to be in the limelight. I like the guy that gets missing behind the scenes and he's like that hidden gem. Like, you can only really crack into him in those intimate little conversations and you have to connect spiritually in order to be attractive. It's for him to find you attractive because he's not easily swayed by the typical stuff that we see today.
1: Mm, um, okay. And that,
0: that's kind of how my dad was like, you you really had to be able to get get into that that heart in order for him to even pay you any mind. And I like that. And I feel like, because I'm the type of person who likes to talk about God and likes to talk about things like this, that I could definitely see myself with someone who, you know, is a little hard to get as a man. Because some of y'all be a little easy. I ain't going to lie.
2: <laughs> some
0: of y'all be a little easy. But, you know, I'm I'm up for a challenge, too. Okay? I'm up for a challenge, too, because I want to know that just just as much as I feel like I'm worth the fight, that you feel that, too. Because once we can connect on the level where we trust each other and we break those barriers, like that spiritual connection is gonna be unmatched. Um, so when I'm looking at a man of God, I, I like a little bit of mystery, confidence, you know, just somebody who, you know, doesn't have to be in the limelight jumping around from here to there, but is very much so planted in their faith, planted in who they are, and just, you know, open and available for. Whatever the Lord brings him, i.e. me, period.
1: Hey, hey, all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, we pretty much covered the entire conversation. Um, I couldn't have imagined you being this detailed and this upfront and transparent. So I'm super duper grateful for all of what you said and shared on this conversation. <laughs> this was like way better than I could have imagined it. But you okay. brought me to a super, super important question. And this is how okay. we're going to end the conversation. Now, let's just say for the listener, you are too struggling with the concept of sexy and empowering yourself and your com- your confidence. Let's just say hypothetical. Your man or your potential husband or boaz as the women so love to um adopt for who they're looking for in the body of christ Uh right let's just say boaz is an associate minister and he's sitting facing the the doors the adjacent double doors that you have to walk into to enter into the sanctuary is it a sin to walk through those doors feeling sexy is, oh. Okay. So understanding that <laughs> you have the opportunity and the privilege to feel sexy in church should really be a motivator because there's a possibility that your husband is going to be there to see it.
2: Exactly.
1: And this is how we want to encourage people to be confident in who you really are. You are a full-figured woman with big breasts you cannot help this this is going to be you for probably Mm -hmm. the rest of your life you have to be confident that you know how to carry yourself you know that you're clean you know that you're well kept and that you have a style and a personality in the things that you wear and there's a potential opportunity for you because i know a lot of us church folks sometimes when we become christians we'll cut off the rest of our social life to be fully engulfed in the church we at church on Wednesday for prayer we at choir rehearsal on Thursday we (laughs) at the the prayer breakfast on Saturday, church on Sunday three services on Sunday so you spend your entire existence at church so when do you get to feel sexy if you in church all week
2: at the church
0: <laughs> I mean, hey, if that's what I'm gonna be. I'm
1: if gonna That's what up, you gonna I'm be. Gonna say, you got you might I'm as well show up and show, show out. Show up.
2: You
0: know, fit, Okay.
1: Man, yes. see what I'm saying. See, this is what happens when you have real church with real people. You get real solutions.
2: exactly.
1: And this is why she here. Oh, man, you killed this. I am so grateful for you today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you for having me. I had so much fun.
1: Oh, man, this was amazing. So listeners, please let me know what you thought about this conversation. Um, any feedback, comments, uh, critiques, whatever it is that you have. I'm definitely open for dialogue. So hit me up. You can follow me on Twitter at dergo bj that's d-e-r-g-o-b-j on twitter the subject change on instagram um send me your comments let me know what you thought about sonya's perspectives let me know if you thought anything about what i said anything we just want to keep these conversations going and i'm going to also allow her to um reintroduce herself again and then also give her information so just in case you didn't catch it you can catch up with her for transformation tuesdays in the you know, the dress hauls, how she throw on a bunch of clothes, mm-hmm. get fly, mm-hmm. so you can see how you can embrace your spirituality and all of that good stuff. So give them your information so they can catch up with you.
0: Yes, yeah, so definitely make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can find me at Simply Sonya. that's Sonya spelled S-O-N-J-A and you can follow me on Instagram at Simply Sonya underscore M I have new videos every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7pm Eastern Standard Time
1: college girl all right and this has concluded the episode of teach me how to love you better that we're going to call sexy in the eyes of god i will see you guys and girls in two weeks peace blessings and safety until we talk again thanks